This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cratellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. Hello from the future. <laughs> Would you like to know the lottery numbers? Please. <laughs> happy Woot Woot Wednesday, y'all. Happy, happy Woot Woot. How are you? I am tired. You're currently in a car on your way to Las Vegas. Yes, even though it sounds like I'm on a podcast. It's so weird. I'm not. Technology, bitches. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm taking a super fun road trip with my brother. Um, he's moving from Florida to Nevada. Uh, and we're it's going Nevada. to Nevada. Nevada. Um, and we're going to... Um, we're just gonna like take our time and have some fun and be together and laugh and get him, you know, settled in and uh, all good to go. I'm gonna take him to see some of the family that he hasn't met yet that he got by uh, by way of our marriage. Well, he's met um, them because he met them at the wedding. I don't know that he met um, Aunt Pumpkin. He did. Aunt Pumpkin was at the wedding. I know she was, but I don't know that they were in the same room at the same time. I mean, she was at the family dinner and she was at the reception. She was there. All right, so he's going to meet some people he's already met before. Yeah, yeah. she was at the family dinner. She was at the reception. She was at all over the thing. So, no, it's good. I'm glad that you guys are having fun and connecting and doing that. That's wonderful. Yeah, but, um, so her and Melissa and we'll all get together and that'll be nice. And then I'll get to see my cousin on my mother's side who I haven't seen in God knows how long, decades. That'll be a good time, huh? Yeah. It'll be fun. I love it. I'm jealous that you get to go. Every, all of my family members, which, by the way, all of my family lives in Vegas for the most part. And Big so chunk of them. Everyone's like, uh, when are you coming back? And I'm like, oh, but my husband's coming over there. And they're like, yeah, cool. When are you coming back? <laughs> oh, is that how they feel? Well, I can't even tell my grandma that you're coming because she would be real mad if you went there and didn't see her. That's true. But I haven't met her yet. I know, but she would love to meet you. She's been dying to meet you for a really long time. Melissa actually lives near her. Anyways, we're not going to talk about that right well, now. She Anyways. can come to dinner too. We'll see. Um, yeah, how are things? What's going on? Life is good. Otherwise, that's it. You? It's October. I'm feeling good, feeling natural. <laughs> we leave this weekend. Uh, I leave on Friday. We're going to Rachacha to go see your cousin get married. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to have to be really drunk this whole weekend. I've got full immersion well, in we, the Christopher family. Well, we know how difficult it is for you to do that. That's not... Get drunk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hold a doctorate degree in drunkenness. <laughs> well, you're defending your thesis. Yeah, that's right. There you there you go. There you go. Um, no, it's a good time. I'm excited. I'm excited. Congratulations, Tim and Melissa. We cannot wait to see you. It's going to be great. Kids get married. Welcome to the old married people club. Yeah, because it's not the old married gays club for them. Yeah, I know. I had to think about that for a second. So, so, <laughs> can some of you gays get married so that you can invite us to it? Because we would really like to go to a gay wedding. I've not been to a single gay wedding. Other than ours. No. And I've got to tell you right now, we set the bar pretty high. I won't judge you. I'll just love your wedding. I mean, I'll love your wedding, and I will judge you. Yes, you will. No, I won't judge. <laughs> I won't judge. I, yes, I mean, no, I won't, because every bride has their own style. I get it. But um, no, it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. So how about we hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week? Let's do it. Awesome. I brought my hop and shoes. Uh, 
Okay. As a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of your adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or la twitter our handle is at pod relationship tony and i will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast this week um our we hash- well this week our hashtag your relationship goals is taking us across the pond mm. to jolly old london <laughs> um we love london um, and we are admiring the relationship of Andy and Jeremy, which are at two guys and a tortoise on Instagram. Um, super into them. They're <laughs> great. First of all, I know Tony loved them so much because they have a tortoise and a cat, which is like probably one of your like favorite animal or pet combinations. I mean, my nickname growing up was Turtle, so I love slow. It's true. Um, and so I love all. Minded. Oh, continue. I forgot what I was going to say because <laughs> I'm slow-minded, bitch. Um, uh, yeah, so I love I love turtles. I love I love box turtles. I love, the turtle, tortoise, like anything, but really any amphibian too, um, and reptile. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I love them. I love their pets. I think it's super cute. There's great video of the cat and the tortoise playing together, which is super fun. I think that's so cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, and they're they're all four of them are super cute. So it's it's two gentlemen. That's the two guys. And then the tortoise and the cat are both ladies. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're great. Andy and Jeremy. One is from Jolly Old London. The other is Canadian, which blame Canada. Jolly Old Canada? Sure, let's go with that. (laughs) And uh, they're adorable. And we love them so much. Andy and Jeremy are husbands. And they're just super sweet on each other. And just, I don't know, just ridiculously cute. And I'm, I don't know. I just like them. I stumbled upon them on uh, Jolly Old Instagram and uh, just noticed how much fun they have and just how much love there is between them and just how sweet they are on one another. And it just really, I don't know, it really took me because I, I, I just like seeing that. And I'm, I'm just loving that it happens in London, too. Yeah, and the, the, the poor little tortoise, not to go back to the tortoise, but the tortoise had surgery and they nursed it back to health. I think that's such sweet dedication. For sure. There was a post on uh, May 25th that says, Today is our first wedding anniversary. It comes with utter, utter disbelief that somehow a year has passed between now and that amazing day. Apart from sharing some of our favorite wedding photos, we've never discussed our wedding day and all the details, but to mark our anniversary, we've decided to put together a blog all about our special fairy tale wedding. Keep an eye out in the upcoming days for the new post. Today, we are treating ourselves with a special couple spa day and dinner to celebrate one year as happy husband. So I know that that was a little bit more, um, I don't know, administrative than anything else. But I just love the fact that they were commemorating their wedding, that they really care about one another. If you look at their wedding pictures, oh, one of them. so dapper. Oh, my God. So cool. I mean, so regal, right? One of them got married in a kilt. 
Uh, and like it's just it's just such a really cool it's just fantastic I'm just a huge fan and I think you all will be huge fans too so make sure you follow the gentlemen on Instagram Um, they are again at two guys and a tortoise Um, they're lovely we're obsessed with them they're so cool and uh, I think that you guys will be huge fans of them um, follow them, like them, tell them the Critelli sent you, and uh, enjoy them. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a bit. Hi, listeners. This is Tony, and I'm here to shamelessly request a favor of each and every one of you. Please take a moment to rate and review our show. It may seem like a small thing, but the way technology is driven these days makes indicators like this one vital. Your rating, your words, they are another form of assistance for this podcast and your community. And I get a kick out of reading them. It means the world to me that so many of you are out there listening, are emailing us to say that you're feeling better, and are enjoying what my husband and I do. I cannot thank you enough for your continued investment into this growing dialogue about healthy gay lives. Thank you, sincerely. And now, back to the show. Do you like the way I smell? I was going to say, what's that smell? It's, well, right now I'm wearing Spice Bomb by Victor and Rolf. Cut that check. I know, right? <laughs> it's a good smell. I hadn't wore it in a while, but I bought it for you for your uh, for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted you, not for our wedding anniversary, but our together anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted you to have a bottle for yourself. But I hadn't worn, I haven't put this on my skin in years. And so I want to it's smell good stuff. myself. Yeah. But do you, so do you like the way I smell? Like, do you, do you find yourself attracted to my normal body scent? So you almost never have your normal body scent. <laughs> um, but when you do, yes, I like it. Is there a fragrance that I wear that you like? No, I like your normal body scent, but you're always wearing fragrances. I mean, I work in fragrance, so I usually have to wear things like you were wearing things long before you were. Oh, I love to smell good. (laughs) Smelling good is really important to me. Like there's nothing worse that I fear in life than for having someone think that I'm that person that doesn't smell good next to them. (laughs) That scares the shit out of me. I don't enjoy You have it. such interesting fears. <laughs> I just don't like it. You know how like when you're like somewhere and you smell somebody that doesn't smell good and you're like, what does what that smell? Oh my God. Like, who is that? What is happening? Like, I don't want to be the source. <laughs> but when you experience that, do you ever remember who they are? Yeah. Like you can still see them in oh your my mind's God. eye right now. Yeah. There's nothing worse than okay, like, you're have, doubly weird. have you ever hopped into a cab and you know that like the cab driver like smells really bad or like they're not wearing deodorant? I would say the, the, the most um, similar experience I've had is I have walked into doctor's offices and said, oh, there was a teenager in here before me. And they were like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Total, and that is a thing, and so though that like scares the shit out of me. Like I cannot be the person that doesn't smell good. So, um, yeah, I do. So uh, today we're talking about pheromones, and we're talking oh, about. I thought we were talking about how you smell. <laughs> I smell delicious. Um, no, we're talking about scent and attraction to a person based off of their scent. Um, and so part of the reason why I asked you if if you like the way I smell is I. I, literally, there's not a single fragrance that I wear that you're a fan of. 
It's not that I'm not a fan. I don't like fake smells. Mm. Like, I don't. That's why you have to remind me often to even put on um, cologne. Because I don't... I, I like things for what they really are. So I like the natural smells. I like that. So, And especially because a lot... Like, not the ones that you use, but a lot of them. Like, I don't know. It's probably my sense of smell. But, like, I can smell chemicals. Like, I don't smell... People will be like, oh, this is lavender, lilac, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I smell red dye number seven. Like, it's just it's just a thing. Well, yes, you're smelling top notes is what usually ends up happening. If, if you're smelling something, first of all. So that's what I love about fragrance is that the dry down, like what you end up smelling after it has mixed with your body, with, you know, your sweat and all of that stuff, there's going to be a completely different turn for a fragrance. And that's a, spraying something and then having somebody smell it immediately after you spray it is not good, right? Because all you're smelling is like the alcohol that's in the bottle of fragrance. You're smelling like the top notes, which usually are like very intense and like that's like the right thing. But you want to wait till something is like on you after like 15 minutes or so because that will mix in with their body chemistry and that will be a completely different scent than what it was initially. And that's what I really love about it is, mm-hmm. is if, you know, fragrance can be good, but yeah, no, it's not fun. Like, uh, you know, to smell something as soon as it's being sprayed on you, because again, you're smelling immediates. I'm and- talking about even later, mm-hmm. even late, like when you, cause you often will spray before you go to bed. Sometimes, um, yeah. Yeah. And like, it'll be like the middle of the night and I'll roll over and like, I'll smell it and it still smells chemically to me. Some, yeah. I mean, sometimes look, and just so you know, like there's not a ton of chemicals in fragrance. A lot of fragrances shouldn't use it because they are using like, they go like they use the distillation process, right? So they take like literally um, all of these different parts of like sandalwood and things like that and they literally distill it and get like the purest forms of things so the ingredients and stuff like that that they put in it typically are natural ingredients but there's a chemical process that they have to be able to use to be able to make sure that they all mix well together and create the scent so that's probably what you're smelling but there's not like a ton of chemicals inside of fragrances actually you just don't enjoy fragrance which is totally understandable i do enjoy fragrance but i just i enjoy natural fragrances a lot but like like for example like when i put the perfume oils inside of the diffusers in our apartment you're always like oh i hate the way that smells it smells fake those are literally all natural like perfume oils that you put inside of a diffuser is all completely natural they'll literally take an orange peel and then they will literally distill it and get the pure oil from the oranges to create those perfume oils but you don't like the way the orange smells I don't like the way most of them smell. Correct. And so that's what I'm saying. So you don't like fragrance. It's not that you're not a, it's not that you're a fake. Because a lot of what you, what you, what you think is fake is actually not fake. It's actually pure forms of it. But you don't like, like you don't, like you don't really react. It's a perfect example. You always tell the tale of like, you would rather have like walk through a field grab a turnip out of the ground and eat the turnip with dirt on it and everything radish turnip (laughs) cucumber anything like in its natural form Mm -hmm. but if those things are added to other dishes or they're cooked or like anything of that nature you don't enjoy that not as much not as much and that is kind of the exact same thing 
is like you claim you like the natural form you like scent but when it's cooked up and put into something and you know you have to use preservatives so that it doesn't turn and all that stuff like that you don't enjoy that outcome uh, of what is on there but like you do like to smell good because you do smell good at times you'll spray yourself with fragrance and stuff of that nature like you'll you'll spray that anyways we're talking about pheromones. Are we, way- though? Because <laughs> we haven't yet. I'm trying to get you the idea. But that's what I love about fragrance is fragrance will mix with your body chemistry. And, like, I can spray something on my skin and you could spray something on your skin. But because totally of different. your pheromones mm-hmm. and the way your body works versus the way my body works, because your body is a little salty and damp because of all of the sweating that you do. You just got to take jabs, <laughs> don't you? Can't help yourself. But anyways, they will make them um, smell a little bit different. And that's what I find so fascinating about fragrance. Mm. That's what like really excites me about it, is that I have that aspect of it. Um, if you were to ask me, since you were so good at that, uh, whether or not I like the way you smell, uh, it's a trick question. <laughs> It's a very trick question. Uh, I don't. I don't know. There are times where I enjoy um, your activated skin, and it's most good. But like, if you were to ask me, like, I don't like the way you smell on our sheets. Well, yeah, on the sheets. I mean, it's just sitting there all night, and it's pooling, and it's disgusting. No, no but just my normal on my body. Yeah, I've been told by many people that it's a nice, appealing smell. Yeah, it's very pungent, and I don't mean that in like a. I feel like the word pungent sounds negative and I don't mean it in an, in, in a negative way. Um, but it is very pungent. One of my favorite memories growing up is because my dad was a, a letter carrier. Um, and one of my favorite memories growing up is because he was outside. We grew up in Las Vegas, so it was always like summer weather outside. It was always hot. And uh, whenever he would come home from work, there was always just this smell of like super activated out in the sun all day skin that Mm -hmm. my dad just always had about him Mm -hmm. and his clothes smelled like it and he would come home and you would know dad was home right away and uh and it like every once in a while you will smell like that Mm -hmm. and it will like take me back to that memory it's like one it's like one of those like warm comforting Mm -hmm. feelings right um, that I get and uh, and that'll happen so there are times where I do smell like your normal skin and it smells good but again because you are so warm and sweaty oftentimes mm-hmm. it's not always that fantastic no it's and it's usually the things that are like not on my body that smell but my body doesn't usually smell yeah and also you do a lot of things like and I tell you this all the time too like like Look, I love that you love garlic, but sometimes you over garlic things. And so when you sweat, like garlic is pouring out of your pores. Sounds good to me. It does not smell good. (laughs) Sweat and garlic, not a good combo. Not very good at all. Maybe you're a vampire. Maybe, maybe. Um, And so, and that's my thing. But I, you know, overall, you you don't smell bad. So that's a good thing, right? Mm. Yeah. So today, again, today we're talking about pheromones and and attraction uh, to one another and whether that's normal. You know, every article that you will essentially read will talk about the effects of like a men's scent on a woman uh, and women because women have, well, yeah, women have pheromones because of during like... Their periods well, and things of that nature. Let's we'll talk be about clear. That. There's there's actually debate as to whether we have pheromones at all. Hmm. Um, so, but 
but the things that we've identified that we're calling pheromones do exist in men and women in different forms. Well, because it exists within the animal kingdom. Well, that's debated as well. So it was believed to exist in the insect kingdom. Correct. And um, and th- even that, there's people that debate it, but there is a lot of sort of chemical signaling that goes on. It's more complex. It's not like a single thing. Um, so just not to overcomplicate the conversation, but, um, you know, it's up, it's up for debate. Yeah. Um, but the and- people who do believe it, this is what we're going to talk about. I think is their research. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think that men give off pheromones. Like, I think that there's like a certain again, there's like a certain. I'm not saying that like, and look, I'm just not a huge fan of like the overly pungent, sweaty smell. But there are plenty of people out there that like the the name of this episode is called T-shirt, and it is based after a destiny's child song called t-shirt mm-hmm. and the lyrics are you know when you're not here i sleep in your t-shirt after we make love i sleep in your t-shirt uh you know when i need your help i sleep in your t-shirt wake up in your t-shirts to smell the scent of your cologne there's this element it, and often we end up talking about like oh like I'll wrap myself in a blanket that you smell like so that like I can smell you and like feel comfortable with you. There are times where like I will lay my head on the pillow and as sweaty and smelly as it is, like I can smell you on it and it is a little bit more comforting Mm. um, in terms of that. And so is that pheromones is what is that? Like, what is that? Yeah. And that's, that's the debate, right? Is um, because a pheromone is a chemical that's excreted, in, from the inside of your body to the outside, and it's meant to predict reactive behavior, right? That's that's why the debate is there is because the receptors that are needed to actually activate behavior in a pheromone are not known to be in the human nostril. Mm. Although, again, some scientists believe that there are these pits in your nostrils that can uh, act as that. Some people believe that those pits exist, but they don't function correctly, and that it might be an evolutionary thing. So it's all up for debate. But the the common knowledge part of it is that, yeah, you do have um, these chemicals that you excrete that can do things. So like one of the articles that we looked at, it actually was able to predict generous behavior um, in male-on-male. And we'll, we'll get into that. So I do think that there is... I think what you're talking about is something a little different. I think what you're talking about is like just like olfactory memory or olfactory probably connection, right? Probably um, because scent is one of the strongest triggers for memory. So you know, I think smelling and then feeling safe. Um, I definitely think is a. I definitely think that's experience. I just don't know whether that has to do with pheromones or not. I always thought pheromones were the signals that like you sent out that would make you attractive in the first place to someone um and also like exude certain behavior types like um submissiveness or leadership or you know things like dominance you know things like that um yeah because i don't almost like a class sort of a thing because i don't know that um like your sweaty smell for example like makes me horny (laughs) so much but comforted yes absolutely like i like i do feel like a sense of comfort and like i know you're there and it's all good so i get it but yeah that's interesting yeah yeah so i mean 
So one of the um, articles that we looked at is on WebMD, and it's just a nice uh, sort of um, overview of what pheromones are believed so, to be. It's so boring. It's such a boring article. I'm going to let you guys know that right now. But I think that it was just a really great outline um, of what it is. It's by Deb Levine. Um, and, you know, she essentially says, you know, she starts it off by saying, you've never heard of pheromones? Well, it's time to learn about the part they play in your sex life, because it could be substantial. The concept of a human pheromone or sexual scent of attraction has been debated and researched for years. In most animals, the relationship between pheromones and mating is straightforward. For, forward. Sea urchins, for example, release pheromones into the surrounding water, sending a chemical message that triggers other urchins in the colony to eject their sex cells simultaneously. Sea urchins are such fascinating creatures. Ooh, it just sounds so weird. Um, I think that's what twerking does. Is twerking a pheromone? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was a good one. <laughs> it's kind of, that kind of took you out a little when bit. You, huh? When you twerk, you're causing your colony to eject their sex cells. <laughs> Correct. Because you can't, I mean, why, look, go to a club and watch somebody, watch a girl twerk for a quick second. Next thing you know, there's always some man who's leading with his crotch <laughs> that is leading into that booty and like is just waiting for things and waiting for shit to happen. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe that's what happens. Um, human pheromones, on the other hand, are highly individualized and not always noticeable. Um, then she goes on to talk about a 1986 uh, Dr. Winifred Cutler, a biologist and behavioral endocrinologist, co-discovered pheromones in our underarms. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She has she and her team of researchers found that once any overbearing underarm sweat was removed, what remained were the odorless materials containing the pheromones. So I thought that was like super interesting. I know you probably have more points that you want to hit on regarding the article. No. Uh, just that just that there's definitely um, there's definitely links between the pheromones and the frequency of sex pheromones and um, menstrual cycles menstrual synchronization amongst women um, and actually one of the studies that they did they literally just sprayed the pheromone and it affected someone's cycle a woman's cycle based on when the pheromone was produced in that woman's cycle and they were actually able to like like control it map it out so there that's why i say like yeah it's a, it's debated but i think the debate is more just our understanding of it not that it doesn't exist interesting and we cannot continue this conversation without giving a quick shout out to the drag queen farah moan <laughs> um because she is a winner baby um yeah no we uh, love it i think that's great um it's so funny. So one of the other things I want, because look, clearly it's not a pheromone, but we're going to talk about fragrances. There is a fragrance that I uh, have been wearing lately that you absolutely cannot stand. Can't stand it. And it's your favorite. And you've you've told me it's your favorite, <laughs> our entire relationship. No, no, and no. I was no like, enti- I've just recently been wearing it. Oh, this isn't the one that I got you for our anniversary? Oh, the... Isn't that the one I Tom don't like? Tom Ford Tuscan Leather. Again, no, cut that check. No, that's not the one. That, oh, okay. That's the new one that I got from New York Now. Um, it's that number seven by the Thomas Cosmala. There's a, a fragrance house called Com, uh, Thomas Cosmala, and there's a fragrance that he has in the line called number seven. Hmm. And I love it 
so much. And I cannot and stand it. And you absolutely hate it. I think it's an awful smell. And it's brand new. It's not the Tuscan leather that's that you good. bought me. Just that's so you good, because yeah, that yeah, was yeah. making me very sad. I was like, oh, I hate the thing that I got him. No, 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 no. The Tuscan leather, you actually are, you're fine with. Okay. Like, you love it. It's good. No, this is the one from New York now. And it's so funny that you said that, because Dana's man friend, um, mm-hmm. that's what I'm calling him these days, um, he can't stand it either. And Dana wears it, too, because it's a unisex scent. And so she's wearing it, I'm wearing it, and both of our partners cannot stand it. They think it's absolutely awful. It's actually repulsive. Oh, I mean, that's quite... That's Just so you know, I've literally been stopped in the streets by people that have been like, that smells so amazing, what are you wearing? I'm not not saying it's a bad smell. It repulses me. Like, there's something in it that I don't like. Well, that's what Josh said. Josh was like, it smells like cat pee to him. Like, he thinks it smells... I can totally smell that. It's like ammonia-like for him, and that he doesn't like it. It's very much a cleaning chemical sort of bug repellent smell. There's bitter orange in it, and that's what we've decided is what you guys are reacting to, is it's because it's so bitter that it's like it's not fun it's what i love about it i think it's like so fun but you guys don't like it but i say all that to say that i think it's interesting how like certain scents and things like that can react negatively or poorly to some people like you have a repulsion to something which would be my pheromone in a bottle right like i would spray that on and you're like nope don't want to touch you after that (laughs) like it's oh i'd still touch you i just hold my breath (laughs) but it's just really funny um yeah, so that's that's just super interesting. It is. And they, you know, there's, again, debate. But the common theme is that the things you're attracted to uh, in a person are actually ones where they're genetically predisposed to having different immunities than you. Yeah, and I found that super fascinating, too. Yeah, and therefore you would want to get with that person because you, the potential for stronger children, you know more survivability in the children. Interesting. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty fascinating. I, yeah. I, I always wondered, like, yeah, what exactly is it that is going on there, like, biologically? Because I also, you know, being more of a, a mind science guy than a than a chemical science guy. Right. Um, you know, I always thought part of the attraction to someone, too, was, like, the emotional piece and the, and the trauma piece and the recognized... Um, uh, you know, gestalt of forms of, you know, relationships you've had before and things like that. But to to even just hear that, it's like, that's this is where the whole nature-nurture conflict comes up and debate. Because it's just interesting. I was reading some other article, and I can't remember, and I don't think I did it in our notes for this episode, but I was reading some other article that was talking about the fact that, like, women... And I know this article kind of alluded to it a little bit, but like even women on their periods or like when they're menstruating, if there is a particular scent that is emitted from a man can actually attract them more to them, can attract the woman to the man because of where they're at in their cycle during Mm. that time period as well. And same thing for a man. They were even trying to debate whether or not a woman's period this is so not sexy of a conversation but whether it's actually very natural and it's totally okay to talk about totally i just I, we're just talking about but whether or not a woman during her period gives off a scent to a man that would make them um attracted to them by way of like she is maternal like i can have give her my offspring and know that she would we'll be care for them will be care yeah she can care for them and i don't think it was this article that i it wasn't it definitely wasn't this article that no. we presented her, but no. it was another article that i had read while doing all of this mm. um and i thought that that was very fascinating within itself too it is it's interesting super fascinating so we yeah. read a set a second article 
um, which is by sciencemag.org. And it says, manly sweat makes other men more cooperative. Mm -hmm. Um, And this article is written by Paul Gabrielson. It was written back in 2013, so it's a teeny bit dated, but I thought this was fascinating. I loved this first paragraph where he says, take a whiff, men. A chemical component of other guys' sweat makes men more cooperative and generous, new research says. The study is the first to show that this pheromone called, I cannot say this. Yes, you can. Androstad, I can't say it. See, I'm done. Androstadionone, stadionone. I think you got a, it. Okay, Androstadionone um, influences other men's behavior and reinforces the developing finding that humans are susceptible and responsive to to these chemical signals. Uh, pheromones are everywhere in the animal world. Bugs, in particular, give off. These chemicals to sound an alarm, identify a food so- source, or attract a mate. And smitten animals may indeed have chemistry together. Pheromone signals are a subconscious part of their communication. Um, yeah, so this article... Uh, go ahead. I'm sure you have some details that you wanted to highlight on it. Oh, I just wanted to say that it's interesting that you were talking about... Um uh, fragrance because it says that some fragrance companies have actually started putting pheromones into their products. Mm-hmm. Um, Musk within itself is an animal secretion that is a scent. Is that, it? Yeah. It's an, funny because it's my favorite. It's See, I told you I like the natural stuff. It's <laughs> deer secretion. Cool. Yeah, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. Somebody can correct me if they want to. But yeah, musk is is deer secretion. If I, and that is And that's why it's actually kind of there's a lot of bad musk out there right now because it's actually super hard to get it right now. So a lot of people have come up with uh, chemical versions of mm. of musk right now. So you have to be careful uh, with what musk you get because a lot of it is not like supernatural or nice. And a lot of it is like super duper expensive. Mm. So you have to be careful. Like, you know, CO Bigelow, shout out to CO Bigelow is known for its musk perfume oil. It's the number one perfume oil. Like it's absolutely amazing. Um, and so their new iconic collection has a musk scent that's based off of that perfume oil that is like absolutely incredible Hmm. but it's like a really good one and you said it you're the one that was like this smells like activated skin because it literally smells like skin that has like been out in the sun um so yeah i thought that that was really interesting within itself the other paragraph that they says uh says turns out that women aren't the only ones susceptible to the power of male pheromones evolutionary biologist marcus rentala of the university of turku in finland crafted an experiment in which 40 men in their mid-20s played a computer game in which two players decided how to share 10 euro one player offers a possible split and the other decides whether to accept or reject it each participant took a turn making or deciding on offers so that was based off of um uh, I lost the paragraph, but that was based off of the idea that they figured out that men, they figured out that men were able to influence other men's decisions based off of their scent as well. So what, yeah, so what they did was they, so you were, you were both the um, person making the offer and the person receiving the offer and everyone got a round of that. And then they did, uh, you know, they had everyone take a nice big hefty sniff of either a control or a pheromone um, and they, and they um, controlled for smell. So it smelled the same. It was yeast um, in both. And what they found was that this, this 
the people who smelled the pheromone were, um, you know, they, there was an uptick in the amount that they both offered people being generous and the amount, the lowballing that they would accept. So being cooperative um, and the unexpected thing was that what they found was that the people that had the most um, effect on was people who themselves had high testosterone levels. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that made them more susceptible to it and so the this interaction between testosterone and the really fun name that you read earlier um (laughs) like they were surprised by that finding um of course as with any science experiment there are some uh things about the experiment that you should know so for example this was a controlled environment not a competitive game so it's not like you could spray this and win at basketball um and then also uh it's like super concentrated amount so it's not the amount that we normally would produce in a given you know scenario even if we were like profusely sweating or doing whatever thing it is that makes pheromones be produced more it was like super concentrated so yeah that's interesting it's still but it's still it's interesting yeah so we wanted to talk a little bit about this and we have an amazing topic that we're going to present on relationships so you all have to make sure you watch the igtv episode so that you can learn a little bit more about it but we wanted to talk a little bit about like attraction and how scent does attract a partner how your normal skin everything is so fragranced right now right yeah everything is fragrant so it's kind of hard to even know what our normal skin smells like at the root of everything right but um i think it would be a really fun uh outing for you and your partner to go and find scents for each other that you enjoy smelling on each other uh, so then that way you are kind of attracting your partner based off of like that beautiful scent. And you don't have to deal with bitter orange. <laughs> oh. Does that shade mean? There's a little bit of shade. I'm going to spray all of it at this point. As no. long as you empty the bottle so I never have to smell it again. <laughs> I'm going to buy more. Oh, um, dear Lord. Yeah, no, I think that that's just really important because, again, smelling and making sure that there's that element of attraction. Like, I love smelling. Like, you like Burberry touch on you. I don't love that that much on you. but oh, I, I do. But I do love Spice Bomb on you. Mm-hmm. I like that one, too. I love when you wear Spice Bomb. It's and there's like one... Favorite. Ralph Lauren that I like, but I can't remember which one it is. I remember that too. I also like the Cartusia Womo on you as well. I like Womo. Yeah. It smells very good on you. It smells like very distinguished. I prefer Coralium. You see, I like Coralium. I don't love it on you. Mm. It just doesn't. I like. I like the way it smells. I just yeah. don't love it on you. But I know it's your favorite, so I I can get with it. <sighs> but um, but I just think that that's important. So we again, we just wanted to talk a little bit. I I don't know that this was a very interesting and or intriguing topic. We'll leave that to the listeners to decide. Yeah, let <laughs> us know. Um, I find it interesting, and it leads to more research. Toot so. it or boot it, right? Oh, um, but yeah, no, I thought I just liked it just in terms of like you know, it's funny how scent is so important, and because we are so olfactory on like a, a consistent basis, like being able to smell somebody and and be attracted to them is like so normal. Um, like it's very good. Like I'm a very woodsy person, mm-hmm. so anything with sandalwood and stuff like that makes me feel sexy and feel good and things like that. But I don't even know if that attracts you on yeah, me it does i like the you know i like when, the woody musky but on me yeah okay yeah that's what i'm saying like yeah, I, I don't like, like i don't want me. you to smell flowery oh i mean i, I would never smell woody or spicy yeah interesting mm-hmm. not aquatic like sometimes there's no. like some like blue and no. like oceany type scents no. and stuff like that no. i don't wear them i don't like them but no no salt <laughs> well no not salt <laughs> but um no that's just very interesting and i 
have so many fragrances. So many. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yes, definitely watch Relation Chat um, for uh, another nice surprise because um, Marco's going to smell my pits. Ew, God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Ew. That, that is definitely not happening. So don't, happening. don't even bother tuning in for it's that. Happening. Just tune in just to watch. You'll see it. It'll that be in the outtake. <laughs> Those armpits better not make a presence on that episode at all. They will. <laughs> no. Anyways, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a bit. Hello, listeners. As you may have heard, Tony and I have a weekly after show on IGTV called Relation Chat. <laughs> Get it? Relationship? Relation Chat? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Every week, Marco and I will talk about the podcast topic, the things we learned, and the way to use it in our relationship day to day. Yep. Our goal is to put a face to the topics and our message, as well as give you some extra relationship content and guidance. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. We are at Pod Relationship. And tune in every Wednesday. After you've listened to the episode. <laughs> yes, on IGTV for our weekly after show, Relationship. Comment, like it, tell your friends. All support is greatly appreciated. We look forward to having you see us there. <laughs> Bye. All right, I'm very excited about this interview because uh, it just goes to show, again, as I like to say, the power of the internet, right? And anytime you get to cross podcasts and uh, meet new people, I'm, I'm always here for it. I'm a huge fan of the crossover. Yeah, I love it. So, t- so today we are actually interviewing one half of the Mask for Mask podcast. Today with us, we have Trent Morrison. Hi, Trent. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. Trent has been such a good sport. We've been trying to get this together for a little bit and busy nine to five lives through, you know, and all of our other, you know, (laughs) activities and stuff like that has made it a little challenging for all of us to be able to do it. But thankfully, Trent, uh, you know, decided to volunteer uh, (laughs) to be here by himself. Yeah. We're working professionals. It's fine. We got it figured out. Here we are. Who are you calling a professional? (laughs) (laughs) It's so exciting. I really love that you volunteered as tribute and decided to (laughs) to be here on today's Everdeen moment. We're here for it. I'm I'm always the odds ever be in your favor. I love it. Wait, should have I been training for this episode? (laughs) Yes, totally. A little late now. Yeah. Buckle up, Betty. You're along for this, right? No, you're the first to go. (laughs) Yes. uh, Okay. Well, maybe I want to... No, just kidding. I'm excited. I'm likewise to y'all, like, really excited to connect and kind of chat and have some fun today. And and yeah, so thanks again for having me on the podcast. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're so excited to have Mm -hmm. you. So, I mean, Trent, why don't we start from your origin story? Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, What's going in your good gay life? Like all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and thanks for asking. So I 
It all started on a crisp morning, April 2nd. Uh, no, so I, I was, you know, born and raised in Oregon uh, to a pretty big Mormon family. I have mm. nine siblings, which is, you know, hard to keep track of. I don't have a relationship with a lot of my siblings uh, now wow. just due to, you know, ideological differences etc uh but i have technically i have seven brothers and two sisters and i fall number nine out of the ten and so growing up you could imagine (laughs) was pretty chaotic and hectic um whether it was like half the football team at our at our house for dinner or is the wrestling team or you know whatever it just kind of felt like my like our house was a revolver like a it was like a revolving door like anyone was welcome we had a huge dining room table two long benches on either side and then kind of two chairs at at either end for each of my parents and so it you know growing up in that environment a lot of pros uh, i i can wear the extrovert mask very well and i can really put myself <laughs> out there but a lot of cons when you're actually an introvert and people expect you to be always so outgoing. Um, Also, you know, with, with such a large kind of conservative family, like I'm sure a lot of folks can relate to, like there's certain ideologies or certain belief systems that are unfortunately ingrained into just your childhood and, and your upbringing, whether intentional or not. Right. So you, you kind of hear these messages, whether it's at church or whether it's at the dinner table or just even you're in your room and your brother's saying something in in a different room and so these kind of messages I I especially think in my experience were obviously a little more like poignant for me because I would I felt you know so differently than what they were saying uh you know they would say pretty pretty intense stuff towards lgbtq plus people and so like growing up in that it kind of created these interesting and a lot of the time like kind of harmful messages right as a as an impressionable kid um so you know reaching all the way back you asked my origin story you know i i kind of went through all of that growing up all through high school uh, and it was interesting because growing up in in oregon where most people are like, yeah, it's super liberal, it's super open-minded. It it was interesting because, yes, I was there, but I was in, like, this kind of minority of, like, conservative families in in my schooling and and Mm. just in my friend groups even. And so that kind of created these interesting worlds that I would kind of live in and and kind of switch masks between. And, uh, it again, like I said, it, it created this kind of chameleon approach that I I now have and actually really like that I'm able to move through different groups and connect with people regardless of background or, you know, where their uh, perspective might be coming in. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, all that to say, like a really interesting childhood. Um, I like to describe myself as, as a pretty dynamic and colorful person as well as being very deeply emotional. I think, um, you know, having seven brothers, you can imagine 
a lot of uh, toxic masculinity, to say the least, sure. uh, was sure. in our house. You know, things like uh, like boys don't cry and uh, any type of emotion was like really shameful and sometimes like like kind of hit out of me, like whether it was like getting spanked or like my brothers would like kind of wrestle me or, you know, kind of like forced me to be more manly so to speak um so you know it was it was pretty wild (laughs) growing up in kind of that space with all those siblings uh like i said in in the mormon church like having to go through um all of those teachings and all those belief systems Uh, and it really wasn't until i moved out to utah ironically like trying to get, get away from the Mormon church and move to Utah. <laughs> right. Uh, There's less you know, of them I'm, there, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, looking back, I'm like, okay, Trent. Um, but it actually did really, really great things for me. It was it was a comfortable space, uh, Utah, especially up in Logan, which is about an hour and a half north of Salt Lake City. Um, it was a really beautiful campus, really great um, access to a lot of different resources and clubs and organizations. And I was really starting to like find my stride in college, right? Like I, I connected with amazing friends who are still some of my best friends. I actually made shockingly, like you think about like how I, or at least for me, it's shocking. I think about like how open and like how like eclectic my friend group is. And in college is when I like made my first like actual gay friend. Like I knew of kids in high school, but I wasn't really like living in that space. So I didn't really connect with anybody who was, you know, identifying in the LGBTQ plus community. And so college was really great. It really opened my eyes to a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds. And again, even though (laughs) Utah is pretty homogenous in a lot of ways, right? Like you, you go to Utah State's campus, a lot of folks look similar and probably have a similar background and I, I know that's something they're really trying to champion and trying to expand their student uh, body group uh, but even in that homogeny like I was able to find some really great um, yeah some great resources some great like opportunities to you know figure out like what is this kind of like different thing than my brothers or you know I'm not really familiar with this whole like quote unquote gay thing and so I was able to really like you know a little bit of a cliche but like spread my wings in Utah again it felt safe um I could kind of try different things out and I had a blast like I like I said I I met some really amazing people that was about 10 years ago and I'm still like best friends with all of them uh and once I graduated you know I studied psychology communication studies and and did a graphic design minor I uh tried to bulk everything up so I didn't have to think as much about my uh my identity and and being a gay or queer man so uh I I stayed super busy I I was president of you know different clubs and I was a senator in student government and and I did all this stuff which was really fun and and I don't regret it um but it wasn't actually until after I graduated uh, Utah State and moved out to Salt Lake City, I started working in, in the marketing kind of world, if you will. And uh, after my first job out of college, I was moving to a company. I was feeling amazing about my life. I was like, okay, like my career is going in a really great place, like feeling awesome. I'm feeling settled, etc. Except like I really want 
people to kind of know who I am fully, mm-hmm. right? Like I like I know that I'm gay or queer, but like a lot of people assume I am or or, or they might think I am, but I haven't like, you know, been forthright about that. Oh, and, wow. and I felt right. like I was in a really happy and confident place where I could do that. And so when I was leaving that first job out of college, I was like kind of making a deal with myself. I was like, once I find a job, uh, I'm going to go into that new company and I'm just going to be out. Like, like when people ask me like who I'm dating, like it's always going to be, you know, like other gay or queer men or, or non-straight men. You know, I'm, I'm not straight anymore. Like that was kind of my mentality. Uh, and, and so Love it worked it. out. Like after I kind of made that switch in my brain, I was like, soon after offered a job it was like you know if you believe in the universe and some more some more of that woo woo stuff 100%, i was like i kind of put yeah. it out there and i was like okay once this happens then i'll you know then i'll come out and like a few weeks later it was like hey here's this really great job offer and i was like okay all right well i guess i'm gonna quote unquote, like i'm gonna be gay now like super nervous and uh <laughs> i uh yeah and so i i started the process of figuring out okay what does this actually look like i remember one of my coworkers, who is still one of my really good friends um right away was asking me about dating and you know just kind of basic intro stuff like connecting um utah we can talk about this later but utah's pretty pretty interesting when it comes to like dating and marriage and relationships uh people tend to do all of that really a lot younger out in utah um and she you know she's just connecting with me and 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 asking questions and i kind of mentioned i was like yeah like i've been going on some dates with some guys she's like oh you're gay and it's like yeah i am and like I, and in that moment, I was like, oh, like, I kind of, like, just came out to someone who wasn't, like, my close, close best friends. And I was like, that felt right. pretty cool. Um, and, and yeah, and, and kind of ever since that moment, I found the best ways to uh, fully be myself with um, my mom. You know, it's she's pushing 70 from rural Idaho. And, uh, you know, we've had our ups and downs for sure, but lately it's been really great like we her and i had an amazing conversation about gender identity and expression and and the difference between Mm. those and orientation and and biology and and it's just cool to see her starting to grasp some of these like concepts around our community difficult conversations and so yeah yeah, all that to say that's like the longest origin story like tell us about you but no i feel like i really know you right now (laughs) Yeah, like, that's me in a nutshell in, like, 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long I've been talking. (laughs) Oh, no, it's completely fine. No, that was great. I mean, so it's so funny because I actually grew up in Las Vegas, and um, one of the largest Mormon temples was, like, next door to my middle school. So I actually went to school with a tremendous amount of Mormon people, and I actually ended up going to college with a lot of Mormon people as well. So I've kind of like yeah. always been surrounded by the Mormon religion yeah. um, and I've always been super fascinated by it. I think that Mormonism is um it very it's 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 very intriguing. Look, I'm all about faith, be like, you know, having a faith and and um being very very committed to it and and doing it like really holy and I think the Mormons do it better than anyone else. <laughs> I think it's like incredible. It's so much fun. Uh, yeah, you know, 
really interesting growing up in that faith and then you know later like i said moving to utah to get away from that faith like it, it was kind of an interesting story but you know i definitely like like i mentioned a few times loved my experience and and utah actually is like this amazing amazing space for queer people it's like this you know i think with any like major culture there's going to be a pretty strong counterculture um like for instance like this morning i was at uh it was a, a leadership conference for different like gsa or QSA groups at the high schools in Utah plus educators and it was about you know 50 to 100 folks who and it was the first year uh, you know they came to one of the local high schools and it was a leadership conference specifically around you know creating spaces for queer kids uh, you know how to lead like really cool concepts and and opportunities and and it was all rooted in the queer experience so you know there's a big Mormon aspect right and then there's like this really yeah. awesome like counter culture as well, which is one of the main reasons why I'm still kicking it out in uh, Salt Lake City. <laughs> I love that. I've loved Salt Lake City. I've been a few times and I've always found it to be a really great city. I've never been. Um, it's really interesting. It's very pretty, incredibly clean. Um, oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very cool. Um, I love that. Um, so... Tell us what is, I mean, because you kind of hit on it a teeny bit, but tell us a little bit about dating life in Salt Lake. Like, Tony yeah. and I started this podcast in an effort to give more of a, um, a voice or a narrative to like monogamous gay relationships yeah. because we found that like New York within itself. Uh, everyone's kind of doing all sorts of variations of ra- relationships. There's polyamory yeah. and there's like non-monogamy and there's, you know, uh, what is it? Relation. Uh, what is it called? Um, situationships. Situationships. There's also uh, like somewhat monogamous, but like there's all kinds of different variations of relationships here in the city. Um, so I'm curious to know what is it like? Like, are you finding that like through your dating experience that you're finding what it is that you're looking for or, or how are the gays out there in terms of, of partnering? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned it a little bit like Utah in general has this like really weird. I shouldn't say weird. Let's just say different. <laughs> uh, Utah has a different culture around uh, like relationship and marriage and 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 how like the Mormon church it like promotes it and and all that stuff. And essentially, it's just like it's really young, right? So, uh, mm, a great example: yeah. my nephew, who's twenty one, uh, you know, has been married for almost a year. Uh, after he served like a mission for the Mormon church and then came back and got married right away. And like, that's That's very like the style of culture around dating. And, and so like in, in straight like dating in Utah, it, if if you're in, if you're in that Mormon faith, like it's pretty prescriptive and like, you know, like here's here's the script you're given as a straight like guy or or, or woman, and here here's what you kind of need emotion through. Granted, that's that's very generalized, and and I know lots of folks who don't fit that script. Uh, but sure. it, but it's all like pushed pretty young, like early twenties, maybe mid twenties, and most people are like married or in serious relationships getting you know getting married etc and so like that manifests like kind of similarly 
uh, within like non-straight relationships um so you know for me like i'm currently single um and i've i've been single for probably a few years i've I've had some great relationships that have lasted you know anywhere from like three six months to like a year or so um to a few years and it's it's interesting because i like me and like i I, you know my core group of uh gay friends all in salt lake we always talk about this we're like you know is is dating in salt lake that much different than anywhere else and and it is and it isn't right like my experience is in Salt Lake, but as I talk to friends in, in different big cities or bigger cities, like it's, it seems pretty similar. Um, and I was actually talking to my therapist about this the other day where I was like, you know, I, I'm right now I'm off social media. Uh, Chris, my co-host is running our uh, social media accounts for mass for mass. But uh, so I'm off of it right now just cause I want to kind of a brain break from, you know, keeping up and, and doing all that stuff. And I was talking to my therapist. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, the one thing is I'm like a little nervous because I don't know like how I'm going to meet people. Right. Like I'm, I'm single. I'm like a pretty monogamous guy in that. Like once I like exclusively like had that conversation and there's a mutual agreement around monogamy. I'm like, that's my end goal. That's what I want. Like totally into it. Um, but like leading up to that, you know, there might be a little more fuzziness of like, well, I'm still like dating other people. Nothing's official yet. Right. Um, but so it, it, it's been kind of interesting because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm nervous that because I'm off social media, I'm not going to like meet as many people or connect. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that's maybe not even like specific to Salt Lake City or even like the gay scene i feel like a lot of people like my straight friends for instance are experiencing that where like you have to be plugged into some sort of app in order to be like on dates and uh, or going on dates or available it's so Um, weird i mean there were plenty it's so uh, weird right like (laughs) i mean i think you were saying uh y'all have been together for like 10 years was that right yeah, yeah, we've been together for 10 years. I mean, full disclosure, we we met back in the the prehistoric days of online dating. So yeah. we met on we met on Adam for Adam we before We had to fight dinosaurs to get into the chat room. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So yes. we met we, we met on Adam like, for Adam before <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. We met on Adam for Adam before Adam for Adam had an app. So we like we okay. literally had to be like tethered to our computer to be able to chat with one another. And then we did that for like a little over a month where we were like you know, emailing one, emailing one another, and oh, I um, love that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and then cute. having like text message conversations, but like when you were being charged, you know, per text message and yeah. all that good stuff like that. Like we were doing that a long time ago. So for us, this whole concept of like app dating and things are a little—it's a little weird for us. Like I think anytime yeah. any of our friends like pull up a grinder or a Tinder or anything like that, we're like. Like, let us see what this looks like. Like, what does this look like? Like, how do you get to do this? Like, yeah. let's see what all the people, because we've never had to go through any right. of that, like, uh. which is the craziest thing ever. But the whole concept is different because, like, I have 
single uh, co-workers and they talk about the fact that the first thing that happens like when they're on um, Bumble for example is because everything is connected to your Instagram page that they immediately yeah. go to the Instagram page to see what the person looks like or what their life is like or who they hang exactly. out with or and all those activities and I'm like my god there's no privacy anymore exactly and I mean I mean to be pretty honest like that was one of like the cues for me to kind of get rid of social media um I was finding myself like in this like pretty intense comparative narrative where I you know like I said like I really do crave um like a monogamous relationship and and I'm I'm a fairly outgoing person I really try to like get involved in the community in Salt Lake and and I've got amazing friends who know a lot of folks so I feel like I know a lot of people, but um, I was always just, yeah, comparing myself. I'm like, well, they're together. Like, how did they meet? And oh, my gosh, look how cute they are. And, you know, getting really like down on myself about this or or even to your point, like uh, when I had dating apps, I was like, oh, like, is is this like should I connect it to my Instagram? Like, does it really tell like this person who I am or, or should I use this picture? Like, do I have to include a shirtless picture? So like, I don't get swiped, you know, just like weird stuff like that, (laughs) that I was just like, Oh my God. Like I like mentally, I was just like spent. And I was like, I am spending a lot of time like comparing and like really getting down on myself and, and not being a great advocate for myself. And, and certainly, like, that's not super inviting for other people, right? Like, to be like, hey, like, this sure. guy is always, you know, comparing and, like, looking for the next thing. And, and so, yeah, like, that was a pretty big cue for me. But overall, like, as it's related to, you know, the dating scene in Salt Lake, your original question, it's like, I you know, I, I have a pretty, a pretty big hypothesis that it's pretty similar across um across boundaries right whether that's geo geographical whether that's like uh sexual orientation but uh, you know i think i work at a tech company right and and most things most companies now are like moving to either becoming a tech company or already a tech company and you think about like your bank you think about like even like in salt lake like i have an app for parking right like every single thing of day-to-day is on um an app and so it's It's like i get why dating is moving that way and i understand it but for me i'm just like oh my god no (laughs) well i've always figured that and and that's why i'm kind of an advocate for online dating or you know app dating if you will because i've just you know i think look i'm like i'm an extroverted person like i like to go out i like to see and be seen kind of thing of that nature but there are people that are not really good at it and they like to stay home and you know going out and having to go out to meet people is like so overwhelming to them so why not have access to an app where you can have all of your information readily available and there for everybody and it gives them the opportunity to know who you are and whether or not your interests click with one another and then go from there and look why not go on an app and be like, I'm horny and hot, you're horny yeah. and hot, let's be horny and hot together. Like, yeah, exactly. And I love that. Like and I think that those things, I think it's great. I just think that what the problem is, is um, 
there's way too much of the dependency on that way that people are not capable of going out at all and being able to meet anybody because if there's not a you know a a phone screen in front of their face exactly like like how many times have you i mean i don't know if you see that i don't know if this happens in salt lake but like people will go out to the bar for example and they'll pull out grinder on their phone to see who in the bar is close enough and hot enough for them to potentially go up and talk to them and then go have sex with them and i'm like oh my god like that person is like six feet away from you and you could literally just go talk to them but instead you pull out your phone to be able to break the ice and that right there is really bizarre to me yeah and it totally you know i think it's i think it's a pretty big shift right in dating um i mean for example like my mom just got remarried uh you know shortly after or not shortly but about eight years after my dad passed away and she got remarried and and they met online too and and it's kind of cool right like my mom otherwise wouldn't have met like a another uh you know person who lost a spouse in the same religion and and they're able to connect so it's it's really cool uh to your point but yeah i I definitely have experienced that even with like some of my my best friends who again I consider like really awesome and outgoing and I'm like an amazing wing person like I can always like put myself out there for other people but but when it comes to myself I'm always like I'm a bubbling mess uh but they're yeah like they, you know they they have like grinder open and I'm just like he's right there like do you want me to go like ask for you and they're like no 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 i messaged him that'll look too needy and i'm like oh okay cool yeah weird you know i I just want to connect you with what makes you happy so that's so weird um i yeah i think it's weird and like i said i mean it sounds like dating is pretty consistent in every region right you know sometimes you talk to people down south and they're like, yeah, you know, this is how we do it, I, you know, and, and it's different. But for the most part, everyone is like app dependent yeah, and just trying totally. to like find their way through it. And uh, it's just very intriguing. And, and I'm just uh, like I said, I was curious um, with, you know, the overpopulation of Mormons in Salt Lake City, like what it was like to be gay and in Salt Lake City and if there was this extra pressure to be like married and familyed and all of that stuff. Yeah, and and like I said, like I I definitely think you feel that, right? Like I, again, I come from a big Mormon family. All my siblings are married except for me. Um, I have a nephew, you know, (laughs) that's married before me. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, And you see that like all over. And, you know, I'll be honest, like I, again, speaking to like kind of those internal narratives that I'm projecting or that I'm having, uh, I do get down on myself. I'm like, you know, like I'm 28. Like, why am I not in a serious relationship? Like, if I want to get married by my 30s, like what's going on? Like, what's wrong with me? And so... You really do feel that a lot in Utah, um, which I think is a pretty specific thing to Utah. Um, Not everyone, I'll say, is like totally wanting to get married because I can kind of talk about like this, like interesting Mormon, like post Mormon, newly out, like kind of character that lives within uh within utah but not everyone feels it but certainly like a a lot of close friends of mine um you know 
whatever their orientation is like a lot of folks are feeling that uh but also it's you know you see like the national averages of marriage like increasing in age and and that's starting to happen in utah as well but i feel like our like average age is getting to where like the national average was like five years ago so like a lot younger (laughs) So it, it is, and you know, to be honest, like my, like I said a few times, like my personal experience is very much like I feel that like on a daily basis. Like last weekend, I was I had two different weddings, right? Um, and oh, it's just like every summer, it's like okay, like gotta you know gotta find some cute outfits for wedding season, and gotta my you know favorite thing to do, you know, find maybe someone to come with me, or if it's a close friend, I'm okay going alone. Like there's just a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the. A unique uh, Mormon or Utah perspective that even trickles over into the gay community. Um, so you know, I, I teased it a little bit ago, but there there is this like interesting like I I don't know what else to call it, but like a character or like kind of like this like this story that happens in Utah. So essentially, right, like these uh, like gay, queer, um, bi, pan, etc. Uh, men will, you know, be really involved in the Mormon church, will go on missions, and then they'll come back, they'll, like, go to BYU or, you know, a different school, and then they'll come out either after school or during school, but they won't really be out because, unfortunately, like, BYU doesn't really allow that within their honor code. And they, they have, like, this interesting, like, dichotomy at first where they're like such a big part of my identity is rooted in this Mormon faith and that faith like doesn't fully accept me like as like a hundred percent myself like you know if if for instance like if folks wanted to be Mormon and gay like they can't get married or they have to like marry someone who like a woman who would like know that they're gay but is willing Mm. to accept it for like eternal like purposes or like they wouldn't be able to uh you know a phrase often referred to is like acting on it right so uh they can't actually be gay (laughs) so they just have to kind of be like celibate and like not like not that it's exclusively about sex but it's even beyond like you know intimacy or like dating someone seriously and so you know they're kind of forcing like do i leave this church okay I, i kind of got to that point they're leaving it But then at the same time, it's like that church was such a big part of my identity and like who I am. It was my community. It was my like connection points. And so then typically, again, this is all from my experience. So I don't want to sound like I'm overgeneralizing, but a lot of guys will then, um, you know, start like heavily drinking and like partying and like going really extreme. And so then you Mm. see like this, like really like big pendulum happening where you know as like he was a BYU grad and now he's like you know rolling on Molly at the clubs and and like going way extreme which again (laughs) work live like if that's your thing get it but it's interesting to see this like huge dynamic shift and behavior um and I think too like it it's like this mentality of making up for lost time. And so with that, like you'll often run into a lot of guys who aren't wanting to or aren't ready or don't want to be monogamous or like in a relationship. 
Well, um, sure, because they're so, in their adolescence. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're exploring. Like they've they haven't been able to be gay. They haven't been able to be bi. They, you know, whatever their orientation is, like they haven't been able to be be that. And, and it's been so oppressed right. that it's like, you know, their cup runneth over, so to speak, where they're like, I just want it all. And I'm like, you know, it's exciting for them. But when, when you're like, you know, uh, like a person like me like i i want to be in a relationship i want to be dating and, and i do date but um a lot of those dates with those type of guys or that kind of that character would be you know typically the goal on their end is uh like hook up or you know they want to sleep with you whereas like my end i was like oh i was hoping to you know create a good connection know your name (laughs) it's always so so challenging with those uh with those difficult religious backgrounds um but i want to i want to ask you um tell tell our listeners um about your podcast i know you've alluded to it a couple of times oh yeah tell them about that yeah so um yeah thanks for asking i i love talking obviously uh no so uh my co-host chris and i uh we went to college together we both went up to utah state and we were in the same fraternity and I wasn't out like I mentioned up in college but Chris was so he came up he like rushed fraternity and when he joined ours I was like okay really great connection with Chris like I really want to be his big brother or his mentor and so we connected and then you know I was there for a few more years while he was there and you know he was there beyond and so we just created like this really great relationship so Like I uh, mentioned at the very beginning, you know, I moved down a few years later, I come out and, you know, we have even more in common now. Right. Like I like sexual identity and and all that stuff. And so it was really like kind of fun to be able to connect with him in that way. And so he graduates uh, from Utah State, moves down to Salt Lake City. And, you know, we're you meet up occasionally, chat about work and stuff. And we were both kind of like in this kind of grind mentality we're like well you know work's paying the bills right now and it you know it's doing the job like I'm good at my job etc but kind of feeling like creative like kind of a creativity slump if you will Mm -hmm. Uh, both of us kind of marketing folks and and kind of living in that creative world but we're like I don't feel stimulated and so my previous company that I had just left, I I was running a podcast for them. And I was like, you know, I think it'd be really fun to do a podcast. So I started thinking about people like, like, who can I talk to? Like, what would be fun? What would be like silly? Uh, Because that's kind of what I was wanting at the time. And, and Chris came to mind. And so I bounced the idea. I was like, hey, like, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Like, I think we we have a, such a good dynamic. Like, I think it'd be really fun. And, uh, we are like, okay, cool. Like, w- like, what do we want to talk about? Right. So we start bouncing off ideas and we're like, okay, like, let's just like talk about like what it means to be like gay in Utah. Like we can start there. Like that's kind of interesting being, uh, you know, raised Mormon, both of us being in Utah where that's a prominent religion, but not being in it. And, and kind of talking about, like I mentioned those dualities or those dichotomies and, and, and we started like brainstorming off of that idea and we kind of landed on the title mask for mask, right? Masculine for masculine. It's often like an outdated trope that's used on grinder or scruff or different hookup apps and it's just like this 
you know, it's a stereotype. It's kind of like outdated it from our from our viewpoint. And so we're like, OK, like we could use this as kind of a platform to like hook people in, maybe something a little more intense and then just like be really open and candid. And, and we our goal is to always just be like very explorative, like each episode's a little bit different. We don't really have like a format per se, like we'll always do a game, we'll always plug stuff, but essentially we just kind of, we we look at things that are interesting within the queer community, uh, whether that's specifically Utah or out, outside of that, and we either like find really great guests. Uh, for instance, our most recent one, we had a local drag queen who won a pageant here, Sister Molly Mormon, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was, it was just great to, you know, talk with her and, and get her perspective on like why drag is important in Salt Lake and, and, and across the nation and globe even. And so our podcast has been a a really fun and refreshing way to kind of add a queer voice in an otherwise conservative Utah. Um, And like I said, it's, it's been a lot of fun connecting with on a deeper level, uh, different folks in our community and, and even the, you know, this is going to sound a little more egotistical, but you know, being out and like having people like stop us and be like, Oh my God, like you're Chris and Trent, like, I love your podcast. And, uh, (laughs) you know, so it's just been fun, you know, I like, that's i love validation don't get me wrong but that's not why we're doing it for (laughs) sure but um but but even more than that like we we heard an amazing story this this kid reached out on our instagram and he shared that um he was a volunteer for the peace corps and where he was stationed was of like an extremely homophobic country and he mm-hmm. messaged us on Instagram, shared that with us. And he was like, every time I listen, I feel like I have like some gay best friends that I'm just like hanging out with and can think and, you know, just kind of be gay, like in a super scary spot, you know, and, and yeah. those types of stories, we were like, oh, my God, like this, this is so special for us. Like even just like for him, we're like, yeah, like let's keep going, you know. Uh, so it's been fun like we're very crass like very very crass like we're extreme uh we're very (laughs) out there like if you listen uh it's it's a lot of fun but i also like like to give that warning like my mom's forbidden like she's not allowed to listen to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) you check the explicit box every week yes we do i was like mom i don't need you hearing about how i like to be blindfolded so no thanks right (laughs) Yeah, no, I love your your podcast. And again, I love the different perspective. I love, you know, as often as we can find podcasts um, or people or, you know, uh, people within the gay community that show the different faces of gay, I'm like a huge fan of it. I think that it's like really important to show, you know, that like the the mincing, glitter, go-go dancing, you know, queens, promiscuous queens that are out there are not the only face don't get me wrong yeah. we have plenty of those but that's and not we the, validate all of and them yeah 100 percent. love them and yes like, i'm one of them but sometimes n- <laughs> 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 yeah if you get the right alcohol in me i can be too um yeah. but it's really important that we show that like di- you know there are different dynamics you There's know one, diversity of, to our one of the things i love about my relationship is that you know 99.9 percent of the time everyone will look at my husband and they will be like 
he's gay. And I'm like, yeah, like he doesn't come off or quote unquote look gay. Um, right. But like at the end of the day, like, yeah, he's he is. And, you know, and there are so many faces and whatever you think that you know of gay people, like there are so many totally. different ways that we do things like. And again, we are. You know, we are monogamously coupled and, you know, we fight about finances and, you know, we have all of these issues, you know, and things that we have to go through on a day to day basis, like every other couple. I always think about, you know, when you read InStyle magazine and they always have that section that's like celebrities, they're just like us and they show like... Britney Spears at the grocery store in sweatpants like you know kind of things like that she grocery shops (laughs) she grocery shops like it's not a thing like and I and I think that's what this podcast is for us is it's like you know the queers they're just like us like they go through the exact same things that straight people go through and it's completely fucking okay like like it's it's absolutely normal so that's what I really enjoyed about your podcast is first of all Props to uh, the eye-catching title. That's the reason why ours is called Relationship. <laughs> yeah, uh, we exactly. You gotta like hook them in, you know. <laughs> oh, you gotta hook them in. So it's like amazing. Everybody loves a good hook. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and then beyond that, we really wanted to be able to like have that. So I, I enjoy your podcast because it's like, yeah, let's like talk about some stupid shit one week and then let's talk about some real shit the next week. All yeah. of it is is related to your real life experiences. And I think that that is incredible. Yeah, exactly. And, and I appreciate hearing that. Like we... Like I said, like, we really just take each episode week by week. We don't, like, try to think too largely about it. We're like, what's, like, what's important right now? Like, what's on our mind right now? And, and you know, find some people to connect with that or, or you know, talk about it ourselves and say, you know, I'm not exactly sure where we're at, but here's my thoughts, right? So I really appreciate that yeah. feedback. Thank you. I love it. Of course. Of course. It's amazing. So, so even though you're off of social media, tell our listeners where they <laughs> yes. can find your podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I I would love to plug like i said um yeah so you can simply go to m number four m podcast.com so m for m podcast uh, and that'll point you to all of our all of our locations that we're streaming um but if you don't want to do that you can just search for mask for mask uh podcast in you know apple and spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts if if you're listening right now head on over Give us a little uh, search a Um But also on uh, on social, we're just M for M podcast. So Instagram, we're on Twitter. That one's a little inactive. Uh, we've been focusing on Instagram right now. That seems to be where all the gays are. So <laughs> we, we're over there. Totally. Uh, and yeah, so that that's about it. But yeah, just everything's M and then number four M podcast.com. Love. Trent Morrison, you have been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time. Uh, you're so fascinating. There's so much more to dive in there, but sometimes 45 yeah. minutes goes by so quickly. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, we'll, we may have to have you on like a, a religion episode regarding like Mormonism and the things that you look because I'm fascinated about like growing up Mormon. Uh, yeah, and being yeah. Gay. Feel free to reach really out. Cool. Like like again, I'm a pretty open book, so happy to talk about it. Um, and mm. you know, down the road, if you're like actually. This one seemed like a little all over the place. We have more specific questions. Like, feel free to reach out to. Like, I'm always happy to help oh. out. <laughs> no, you were absolutely fantastic. You were absolutely fantastic. And uh, like I said, sometimes it's like, 
I, I feel like you covered a lot of information. Like it made it so easy because we didn't even have to ask a ton of questions because yeah. you were able to like, like cover so much information. It was great. I know. I'm just like, you ask a question, I'll keep going until you stop. <laughs> no, I love it. Because sometimes I can sometimes I can be like Geraldo Rivera. That is a reference to a daytime talk show host that some of the youngins that are listening to this podcast don't know about. Yeah. But um, look it up. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. But um, yeah, sometimes I can be like, you know, super dig deep, but I loved that you made me not have to like, you know, work yes. ask all the <laughs> ask all the questions and things of I'm that nature. Like, it was uh-huh. fantastic. Fantastic. Like one word answers. Uh. I love it. No, 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 no. I love it. Thank you so much for that. You were amazing. We are oh, going to you. take a. Sh- yeah, no problem. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a bit. Hey there, listeners. Here's a little secret. My favorite part of the podcast is the hashtag gay relationship goal segment. Honestly, I love having the ability to highlight queer couples and bringing healthy, loving, and oftentimes adorable relationships to the forefront, giving the LGBTQ community the opportunity to focus on this narrative. So, if you know of, are in, follow, or are a fan of a great relationship that you want to share with us, send us an email, relationshipquestions at gmail.com, or tag us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pod Relationship. Let's get back to the show, but thank you for your help. We love you all. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us and tell your auntie how good we are. <laughs> you can also email us at relationshiptoquestions at gmail.com if you have any situations or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship, for a behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode. Tony and I are going to harass those ears of yours next week. And remember, other people's opinions... Dang shit. This show is part of the Pride Forty Eight Network. Find more shows over at Pride48.com.